Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. This is one of the more underrated songs. Like the drums come what? in. This go hard. I didn't even know what the story was about, right? <laughs> and it was crazy, right? I don't know if we should admit that to the world, yeah. but. <laughs> no, no, like, you know, athletes, we, we always, <laughs> we playing the air drums and all that stuff. But then when I heard really what, what it was about, man, it was really dark. Oh, you meant the, story, the song story? Yeah. I you meant what we're about to talk about. I'm like, I don't know if we should be admitting that to the world. <laughs> Yeah, those drums, they hit hard. Uh, Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Shea Cornette, Bart Scott filling in for the guys this morning. And tonight is game six of the NBA Finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. Series shifts back to Milwaukee now. The Bucks were able to get one on the road in Phoenix. And now the question is, can the Suns get one on the road in Milwaukee? It's going to be a tall task. That is for sure. And by the way, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. And and, uh, Kendrick Perkins has been all over the ESPN airwaves talking about this this final series. Uh, And yesterday... I'm just going to say he had some choice words for what CP3 needs to do tonight against Milwaukee. Take a listen. CP3 needs CPR. He has to wake the hell up. And I'm not talking about from a number standpoint, right? I'm talking about him as being a leader, bringing that tenacity. We already know in his sleep he could get you 20 and 10. We get that. But I haven't seen the same sense of urgency, L. And when you look at CP3, you talk about these young Phoenix sons and their core of of this group. They follow CP3, and right now CP3 is not showing us that he's a killer. Showing that he's a killer. Okay, so CP3 did have a double-double in Game 5. He had 21 points and 11 assists, and he he finally limited his turnovers, um, but the stat line not doing enough for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, Devin Booker's putting up 40 points, and Perk makes a good point, uh, kind of, with the CPR comment. Here's what I think, Bart. Like, he looks a little more tired, a little yeah. more one, worn down. I mean, defensively, they're doing all they can, especially Drew Holiday. They're limiting him. They're pushing him in the half court. Right. And it's just now to a point where, you know, age is a factor. This has been a long series. And this is a point for the Suns where they have not had the same kind of adversity that the Bucks have. Like, the Bucks have already been down 0-2 in a series. The right. Bucks have had to come back from double-digit deficits in multiple games. The Suns haven't been in the same kind of scenario. And so when you have a tired Chris Paul, who's your veteran leader, and the only other person on the Sun roster, roster, may I remind you, that's been in a final series at all yeah. is, um, thank you, Jay Crowder. I was going to say Drew Holiday. That would be the wrong team. Uh, is Jay Crowder. And Jay Crowder hasn't been there either for these guys. And so tonight is a big night for CP3 and the Suns. And he needs to be awake, alive, and yeah, <laughs> not needing CPR, according Beep. to Perk. Beep. Yeah. This is how CPR, we, basically he's calling. I love when I can take somebody else's words and try to act like he's saying it. And I'm not saying it because I don't want his, uh, all the Chris Paul State Farm dudes to come after me. You know what I mean? But, That's you know, Cliff Paul. He's, he's, he's basically <laughs> calling him CP4 because he's saying he's out here front. He's an imposter. He's out there like MC Gusto acting like he about that life, but he's not really about that life. And when you talk about you know what it is, it is age. It's a battle of attrition, right? And he's starting to wear down. But that's why when you have a young player, or I mean, an older player, and, and you're the field general, that's why you need footprints, right? Because he's got them to this point, right? He closed out the Clippers, right? He got them game one and game two. Where's Bridges, right? Where's the others? Where's, the, where's that third score? Who's the third person that's going to show up? Because last I checked, what, what, what was the de- determining factor in the game last time or last game they played in is the fact that Milwaukee had three guys shooting over, over, over 50%. They had three guys that came to the party. Drew Holiday showed up finally. Chris 
Middleton showed up and played a complete game. And Giannis has been consistent all series. So what happens is who's the third guy that's going to show up and give big-time productivity? Who's going to hit those big shots and try and help the old man get past the finish line? That's the, that's the big question right there. I won't be throwing it all on CP3. He's doing all that he can, right? He's got you here to this point. Now somebody get him over the damn finish line. Okay, you have changed your narrative from a day ago. Let me just tell you, you were throwing it all at CP3 yeah, I, yesterday. I know I, I know I am, but I don't want to let the third star, whether it's Aiton or Red, I think they have to really play a pain a lot more because pain needs to give them a blow. Campaign, so you, yeah. you, you're going and listen, you hope that because uh, Chris Paul has had two days off, he's been able to get in the cold tub, try and get his legs fresh, hydrate, probably get an IV mm-hmm. and make sure that he, you know, he's ready to go. Throw all the vitamins in the IV. And this, he knows this is his best shot. He's going to have to get them to game seven. I don't know how much he's going to have left when he gets to game seven. So it's going to fall on the others. And Cam Johnson had to show up. And Payne, remember how great Payne was in the first two games? We haven't seen that player, right? But he hasn't had the opportunity. The thing is, it's like the narrative has kind of shifted. I'm making fun of you for shifting your narrative, but it's shifted between these two teams because in the beginning when they were down 0-2, we were saying the same thing. Like, where's the supporting cast for Giannis? Yo, right. Chris Middleton, where are you? Drew Holiday, where are you? And they answered the bell. Connaughton, why aren't your shots dropping? And they answered the bell. And now they're there, and now this is the reason that the Bucks are winning games, and they're in a situation tonight where they could close it out at home. And now right. we're the same, saying the same thing for the Suns. Like, Booker can't do it all. He's got right. back-to-back games of 40 points, and yet they still resolve in L's and so if Booker can't do it all who's going to be there to help him and yes CP3 on paper he's got good numbers but in terms of production and helping right he needs to be better as does that supporting cast for the Phoenix Suns and so tonight on the road Ooh. in a tough environment in Milwaukee like yeah a little CPR might be a good thing <laughs> we, we need to put him give him that drip what's that uh what's that um that pill they used to take that in, in, limitless? He need the limitless pill. What are you talking about? A the limitless? movie Limitless. Oh, come on! You got to I speak no, in movies. You speak I apologize. in movies and speak, quotes yeah, and Chris movies. Rock lines, and I'm like, I can't. I, this early in the morning, yeah. like, I need three Sports, coffees. I can't yeah. keep up. The limitless pill. He needs the limitless pill. Listen, Will Smith. But, Will what, Smith, right? Was it Will Smith? Or no, was no, it? no. It was a white guy. I just don't know oh, who okay. he was. <laughs> but it, but this is sports. Sports is all about being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Now the Phoenix Suns, for the first time, have their backs against the wall and they're uncomfortable in a closeout game. Let's see who's going to dare to be great and who can step up and answer the bell. But we expect CP3 to show up. We expect Booker and Aiton to show up. Who's going to be the Covington that shows up and be able to hit those timely shots? Is it going to be Crowder? Because that's what they paid him for. They paid him to sit there and have alpha dribble penetration, spot up. We've seen him go five for five from three. He, they need that type of performance. If not, CP3 and his narrative and his legacy will take a hit because they'll be watching the confetti fall down and Giannis is going to seem like, um, what's his name, Kabbalah from uh, Wakanda. I mean, I don't know what movie you're quoting. Like, I'm supposed to read you. Black Panther! T'Challa. T'Challa. And also, it was Bradley Cooper in Limitless. Like, I I don't know why I went with Will Smith. Like, I just feel like any movie that I can reference in my mind that early in the morning is Will Smith. Straight Rotten Tomatoes. Straight Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Check out Rotten Tomatoes. It was definitely Bradley Cooper. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, we were talking about this in terms of a game six. Like, where does the pressure lie? Does the pressure lie more with the Milwaukee Bucks to close it out on their home floor? Because should it go to game seven, it goes obviously back to Either Phoenix way, yeah. and then 
you know, that's not what you want if you're a, a Bucks fan. Or is the pressure more on the Phoenix Suns to go into Milwaukee and obviously elongate the series and show up and, and have a really good game? Like, there's pressure on both sides here. Obviously, for me, it would be the Bucks tonight to finish things off. It's been 50 years since they had a title in Milwaukee for you. What do you say? Yeah. Well, the hardest thing is to close somebody out, but I think it's on the Phoenix Suns. You know, whether it's fair or warranted because Giannis came into the series injured. Like, they were the favorite. Not only were they the favorite, they won two games in a row. And now they're in unfamiliar territory. They hadn't lost three games in a row, I think, only once during mm-hmm. the season. Mm-hmm. And now right. they're in danger of losing four in a row. And what happens is, like, when momentum switches, like, it takes a lot to put the momentum back in the other way. Because if they win this game, then all the momentum shifts their way, and then they're feeling good, and they're making sure that they, you know, are trying to figure out when one and get on the plane and all that stuff. And, and Budenholzer's trying to figure out if he can – get some security because remember his job was on the line, right? You know, before when we were looking at the Brooklyn series being sent home and and how quickly things change. So I think it's on CP3, his legacy, because they were the favorite going into this. We will see tonight. It all goes down game six from the deer district between the Phoenix suns and the Milwaukee. Oh, you forgot. That's all we've been talking about. Because because when you get up this early in the morning, it doesn't seem like it's the next day. It just seemed like yesterday. It's so true. Like my alarm clock for the show, just so we know it's the middle of the night like it yeah. is not morning it's definitely the middle of the night when you're waking up you just feel like when i should just come it's should a go conti- straight straight to the to the to it's work a nap. From the club yes yeah, all right chill out okay <laughs> it's like tuesday it's going up uh okay uh sec media days are going on are going on right now and greg sankey is saying some things that might have some alabama auburn going down the line some fans a little bit perturbed we'll do that next Right here on KJZ. After this, for all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 location branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. Call 1-800, call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com or Stop on by. 1-800. Your team needs to be healthy to compete. And if not, that game won't be rescheduled. Players have become more empowered than ever before. Players are also empowered as to whether or not they want to get the vaccine. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We've been talking a lot about the NFL because training camps start this week, mm-hmm. but college football's on the horizon as well. College football media days underway, SEC media days going on right now. Big 12's already passed. ACC is coming up later this week. Um, Big 10, I believe, is next week. So we're, we're learning a lot about college football as well, and it's going to look a lot different this year. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Jay Cornette, Bart Scott filling in for the guys this morning. And <clears throat> Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, spoke yesterday about how the SEC plans on handling COVID outbreaks, sicknesses going forward. And it's going to be a lot different than it was last year. Take a listen to Greg Sankey. We still have roster minimums that exist, just like last year. What I've identified for consideration among our membership is we remove those roster minimums, and you're expected to play as scheduled. That means your team needs to be healthy to compete. And if not, that game won't be rescheduled. Okay, so let me break this down a little bit as Bart shakes his head over here. If you are not healthy enough to play, there will be no postponing the game. There will be no rescheduling the game. There will be no shuffling at all. Instead, what there will be is a forfeit, okay? And here's a tweet from Greg Sankey regarding vaccines. He says, the COVID-19 vaccine, widely available, proven to be highly effective, and when people are fully vaccinated, we all have the ability to avoid serious health risks, reduce the virus's spread, and maximize our chances to experience college, sports, and life like we are accustomed to. I mean, he's not wrong in that sense at all, but nonetheless, what he is saying here, Bart, and I'm not reading between the lines, is get vaccinated, stay healthy, or you're going to have a forfeit, and then the College Football Playoff Committee is going to have a problem figuring out who's in and who's out, similar to last year. But there's going to be no reshuffling, rescheduling. This may be one of the most idiotic statements I've ever heard, right? Because, first of all, vaccination is a personal decision. Like, yeah, I'm vaccinated, right? But, you know, my kids aren't, right? It's a personal It's a personal decision. And I wonder how many of these young athletes, young men, decisions are being made by their parents, right? Because your parents are still a big influence. You can't just force somebody to get vaccinated. And also it depends. And I think it determines what region of of the, of the country that you live in, right? Because as far as the exposure, but also when you talk about like getting vaccinated, yeah, that's one thing, but it is always um, certain circumstances in which you can do everything right and be vaccinated. Just look at the Yankees. Right. The Yankees, most of those guys were vaccinated. Gleyber Torres was vaccinated. He still got exposed and he still got the virus. And who's to say that the reason that you got the virus may not be because of any wrongdoing of your own. Look at our own Jay Will. (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> it, it, it may not it may not be something that you did on your own. It could be something as as, as far as we played a team. They had somebody that, that, that had exposure. They gave it to us, and now we have to quarantine, and we can't put our best players out there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you can fill the team because most colleges have 100 players, but it, that's an unfair, unfair competitive advantage, and it's no wrongdoing but, whether you're vaccinated or not. Okay, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here, though. So what do you do? You just continue to have this rule in place where if you can't field a team or you have a certain number of guys six, you're going to continue to postpone games or reschedule them. Like that requires extra time and, and loopholes and TV yeah. contracts and, you know, adding games to the end of the season or whatever it may be. Like that's also, we. I mean, how long can we keep doing this for? Well, we, we would think that we're maybe another year from being able to, you know, we, we haven't had the vaccine available for, for more than a year. So we would think maybe next year things can go back to normal right. as we can be able to figure some things out and, and have some long-term research and data on how this um, virus is not only just you know moving across the country but also how it's mutating right and, and what's different right so I think we should have a little bit of empathy right for the players and the athletes that are trying to do their best to make sure that they're available to entertain you people you know what I'm saying to make sure that you know because he's not putting himself at risk he's in his own bubble he doesn't have to go out there and figure out you know if I get this virus, you know, what does that mean towards my future? You know, how important is it for me not to let my teammates down, my coaches? You know, what should I do? Like, these are all decisions that young men shouldn't have to make, right? But this is, the, this is, the, this is what we've inherited. This is where we're at in, the, in, in our place in history, right? And this is going to be something where there's no right or wrong answer, but you should be empathetic as an adult who's not putting yourself – he's like a general sitting on top of, of the mountain watching his troops go fight. Oh, no, we, we're not going to have any empathy for you if you guys get an outbreak. And we all know that people don't get, you know, the virus because they did something wrong all the time, right? They can be as responsible as you can think, and then you still can get it. I shouldn't be punished for that. And because my team is a, a championship-caliber team, I shouldn't be punished because something that we couldn't control happened to us. Okay, well, then you got to win the games in front of you and behind you. Like, that's what it's going to come down to. And per usual in college football, but especially now in the SEC, every game is truly going to count, and yes. you're going to have to try and say – as well as you possibly can in terms of your health. Now, how does this compare to other conferences? Because I think that's the big question mark here. Like, the SEC has put that out there. Like, mm -hmm. they are not going to postpone or reschedule games. If you can't play, you can't play, and we're going to look at the word forfeit. That's only the SEC. What about the other conferences? Well, I mentioned how we're going to have media days coming down the wire here in the ACC and the Big Ten. As far as the Big 12 goes, their media days was last week, and Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said the Big 12 has not made a decision at all yet about forfeitures and postponements. Not all student athletes have been vaccinated, which is obvious at this point. Not everyone has been vaccinated. That's unfortunate, says Bob Bowlesby. To them, he said, you need to be prepared to undergo occasional testing for those who have not been vaccinated. For football programs that cannot field enough players to safely play a game, there likely will be no postponements in 2021, so the Big 12 following the same sentiments. If a team has too many key performers with the virus, it's probably going to have to be a forfeit. So, so key... <laughs> key right so we're putting value on different players man I just I just don't get it I just think you know even last year I think they had an opportunity because we didn't know with the whole Ohio State did they play enough games did they deserve to get in 
why wouldn't they just be able to have some type of emergency plan set where in, in case we have some big teams that we know like with push, our eye test. Push the playoff out two weeks or something right. along or, those lines. Or expand it, right? Or expand well, it, right? working on that. But they, they, can, but they can emergency expand it for, for, for you know, four teams if something happens. What happens if a bunch of players from Alabama get sick? What happens if a bunch of players from Clemson get sick that we know? And they, and they lose the game, right? But we know they're one of the best teams. It's an unfair competitive advantage. And listen, you know, that's almost – I don't want to say that's like performance enhancement, but that's, that's an unfair advantage if somebody gets sick. They can't control that. Maybe expand the playoff system just for the couple of years so that we can make sure that we get it right. It's a little confusing to me because obviously last year we saw, I mean, for Clemson, Trevor Lawrence gets sick, you know, in right. a key game against Notre Dame. And they, and, lost. and they lost that game. And and then we spent the whole time arguing would they have won and what would have happened. And nonetheless, both teams got into the college football playoff. Right. But yet still, now what's going to happen if this happens this year? Because I don't feel like there's going to be as much grace. There's not yeah. going to be, there's still going to be the arguing. And look, I'm an Indiana Hoosiers alum, and I remember when they changed the rules at the end of the season, I was frustrated right. because I'm like, come on now, Ohio State had only yeah. played six games. These other games played just as way more, right. and it's going to be the same thing yet again this year. Just now the rules are a little suspect. bit stricter. Now, I just wish that they would – listen, if the NBA can create a bubble and, and, and a play-in tournament on the fly, why can't they have the same you – know, do they not have the same people that you – know, the no, people that the can same put money. together? I don't say money. Collectively, they do. Collectively, but right, not collectively. like the NBA. Yeah, but I'm not saying a bubble. I'm saying they, they can't fit up, fit up, figure out a system just to put in place to have more people be able to have opportunity to play in. They can't use one of these bowl games as potentially a play-in bowl game where you can get the opportunity to get the best teams, maybe a team that had, may have the virus early in the season and suffer some early losses. But we know that they you know have some good wins on their resume, and if they hadn't had the virus, they can do it. We can do that. I think we're smart enough to be able to – be able to uh, Omaha to quote Peyton Manning <laughs> on the fly to be able to add something because this thing is unpredictable. We don't know. We don't know what this winter is going to be about. That's a good point. So if had you expanded the college football playoff earlier, meaning this upcoming season, then it would give more teams a chance to get in. It would you allow right. for a forfeit or a, a forfeit or a loss um, to not hurt you, right? right? I mean, look at the end of the day, who do we expect to win? The Clemsons, the Alabamas. Uh, you could throw in Notre Dame, but Ohio State, whatever. Teams, really? Right, but then you know if there's a Texas A and M or a Florida or a Georgia, I'm staying in the SEC right. here, obviously, that, that have one loss. And maybe Alabama has a forfeit or something that they could find a way into the college football playoff without just looking at history or right. just looking at those games that were forfeited. I don't know. It, it begs for a lot of different questions. And then now the next rule is going to be, like, how many wins or how many games do you have to have played on your schedule in order right. to get into the playoff or in order for it to count? Because that's going to be the next thing. We saw this last year. Like, it wasn't – you know, if the opposing team that you're going to play has the outbreak, that's now your problem because the game's forfeited and that's on right. your schedule. And, that, and that's not a win that you have to say, hey, I got a good win. So, like, you think about the team that has the outbreak, but what about the team that's playing them? Right? Exactly. To, to your point. So, it's like it's, it's, it's an unfair rule, and I think that would be doing the team that doesn't have outbreak a disservice. It, it, exactly. It'll definitely be. So now that'll be the next set of rules. But first, we need to see if all conferences are on board with this. So far, it's just the SEC and it's just the Big 12 that are, are saying. And the Big 12 hasn't been as clear cut, I think, as like Bob Bowlesby, not as clear cut as Greg Sankey and saying, yeah. like, this is what we're going to be. This is what he's leaning towards. I should say this, too. And I want to I, I think it's pretty obvious to everyone. 
it is clear that they are sending a message to their players to get vaccinated. Right. Okay. Like, and I think this isn't rare to just college athletics. I think this is sports in general. Like they're they're well, leaning we towards the guy in Dallas talking about yeah, Michael like, Irvin is trying to bring the same thing up, right? Exactly. And they're trying to put that peer pressure on them, but it's an it's an individual um, decision, right? And, and, and unless we're going to mandate it for everybody, then you have to get. You can't say it's kind of like when coaches say this is a voluntary but mandatory workout. It can't be both, right? <laughs> either it's, either it's my choice or it's not. And, and and that's where it is. Like, and I think we've heard some rumors of like the NFL maybe bullying players into a little of course, bit. But seventy percent, and they make they're making the protocol so difficult for the players that's not vaccinated that you know they're trying to apply that peer pressure on them. But at the end of the day, you know, guys are going to do what they believe is right for them. Or guys, well, guys can't opt out, right? Because no. you know, you know, it's past the opt out time, but. You know, it's it's a it's a personal decision. Like I have my beliefs in it. Other people may have something different. I respect your right to choose what you want to do to your body. I wonder how much to the name, image, and image and likeness thing will come into this. Just because I'm thinking of it this way, like if your team can't play a certain amount of games and you don't have that much exposure, yeah. and you're trying to make money now as a college athlete in terms of like autographs or jersey sales or whatever it may be, you know, at a local car deal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like. How does it hurt you in that way when you're trying to make extra dough on the side too? Like that comes into play. And then the next question I have is in terms of vaccination, if you do have a hundred percent vaccination rate Mm -hmm. on a team, let's just say that, and a player does test positive. Okay. Let's say two teams have a hundred percent vaccination and there's a positive test. Right. Can they still play? See, that, see, that's what I'm saying. There's so much nuance in it. You know what I mean? It's not black and white. Because we play through flus and colds and. Yeah, but, but yeah, but look at what, but. What happens is, you know, look at, like what I said, Glaber Torres is a perfect example of it, right? I, right. I believe he got, he got it twice, and he's vaccinated. He's vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's, so if somebody, you know, you, you expose everybody else, right? Because the cameraman, everybody, you can't you can't quarantine them for people that's not even part of the team. True. What about the True. people that's driving the bus? True. Everybody, you, you're putting everybody in exposure. That's a good point. So you got to contact Trace, and, and you have to isolate them. So, okay, we're all 100% vaccinated, but our game still got canceled. So you can't just make these bold statements that seem like it's like a, 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 a line in the sand. It's more nuanced than this. That's what I'm saying. That's why you have to allow for flexibility. And to have for flexibility, you have to say, hey, potentially we may need two bye weeks for every conference. And then that's why you talk to your TV partners. Yeah. It's a good point. Flexibility is the key. Cause I the, stayed at the a vaccine, Holiday Inn Express last night, the, man. I'm, it's just coming to me, man. I'm like Frank the Tank or like Will Ferrell in old school. You know, did you really, it did just, you really it, stay in It enlightens me. <laughs> I don't know what's true that comes out of his mouth and what's not, but it's okay. It keeps everyone guessing. Uh, one week from today, the Packers report to training camp. One week from today. And the question on everyone's mind is, will Aaron Rodgers be there? Uh, we'll find out. We'll get the latest next after SportsCenter. Game six is tonight. After winning three consecutive games, the Milwaukee Bucks take a 3-2 series lead against the Phoenix Suns. That would be into game six of the NBA Finals tonight on ABC and ESPN Radio. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. The Bucks are one win away from winning their first title in 50 years. Milwaukee, fourth team in the finals to go down 2-0 and win the next three games. That's in finals history. The 2006 Heat and the 1977 Trailblazers went on to win the title in those seasons. Giannis Antetokounmpo has averaged 32.2 points per game through his first five career finals games. Only Rick Barry, Allen Iverson, and Dwayne Wade averaged more. 
Team USA guard Zach Levine was put in health and safety protocols and did not travel to Tokyo. USA Basketball said in a statement that it hoped Levine would be able to join the team in Japan later this week. He is the third player to be affected in the past week as Bradley Beal had to leave the team because of protocols and Jeremy Grant was in contact tracing quarantine for four days. Levine started Team USA's last two exhibition games. Both of those were wins and he averaged 10.3 points per game in all four of the exhibition games so far. Nashville Predators prospect Lou Prokop comes out as the first active player under NHL contract to come out as gay. Prokop made the announcement on social media and said he has made his decision to come out in April when he returned from Calgary after a season ended because of COVID-19. Prokop was selected in the third round of the 2020 NHL draft by the Predators and signed a three-year entry-level contract with Nashville in December. Prokop played last season for the Calgary Hitmen of the Western Hockey League. SportsCenter brought to you by Capital One with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts and an app that lets you bank anytime, anywhere. Choosing Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Capital One NA member FDIC. That was a more that was a more meaty discussion that I thought we would have when we first started talking about that. I think it was some good dialogue yeah. there, a lot for our listeners to kind of digest. Yeah, I agree. All right, NHL season, NFL season, rather uh, on the brink because training camp starts this week. Steelers and the Cowboys report to camp this week, but one week from today. The Green Bay Packers report to camp, and so we want to know what the latest is. And for that, we bring in Adam Schefter, ESPN Senior NFL Insider. Good morning, Shefty. Thanks for being with us this morning. So I pointed it out one week from today, Packers report to camp. Question is, are we going to see Aaron Rodgers? What's the latest? Listen, I think both sides are still trying to figure it out, Shay. I think that there are discussions that are going on between the two sides to try to figure out if there's some sort of solution to get Aaron Rodgers to camp. In my own opinion, I think his arrival has something to do with his departure, his eventual departure. He's got three years left on his contract right now. It's hard for me to imagine that Aaron Rodgers would report to camp with three years left on that contract. And we know that this is not about money because the Packers have offered him a lengthy extension. They've offered him a lucrative extension. He has not taken any of that money. I don't believe that that's what he's interested in. He's not looking for added riches. He's looking, I think, to figure out a way out of Green Bay. And the way that these two sides can conduct those talks here over the next week will dictate whether or not Aaron Rodgers would be there on the first day of training camp one week from today. You know, I wonder, I wonder because we know that Aaron Rodgers is not about the money, right? And we know that in his contract, I believe that 2022 was a natural out for the Green Bay Packers, and maybe that was part of the problem, him not having long-term security. But on the other end, it's about Jordan Love as well. How are they preparing him and trying to guide him through, like, the mental aspect of him, like, being the guy that really nobody wants to see? Well, Bart, they're going to see him at some point. The, the question is how soon, and there are mounting indications that it's going to be in 2022 when it's turned over to him. Now, Aaron Rodgers bypassed, again, to the money point, a half-million-dollar workout bonus to work out in Green Bay this offseason. Figured that he didn't want to go there, didn't want to collect that half-million dollars, and Jordan Love was there to take all the reps during practice, which, frankly, I think the Packers were probably – probably pretty pleased about and I think they were pleased with what they saw but the fact of the matter is 
He's going through his second year. He's very inexperienced. He has a lot to learn, and it's difficult to say exactly how and when he could come along. They believe in him. They believe in him enough to have traded up to go draft him in the first round. But I don't know that they know exactly how he's going to do when it's real live game action. Now, again, we'll find out whether or not he's got to get that game action this season. I think the chances are that Aaron Rodgers, they figure out a way to get this done somehow, some way. But the clock is still ticking on Jordan Love, and he's going to see the field, in my mind, no later than 2022. Now, Chef, the Aaron Rodgers isn't the only pressing issue that they have. Devontae Adams and getting him locked down long-term is something that they need to get done as well. How much does that rest on Aaron Rodgers and his situation? Well, to a certain extent it does, Bart, because, again, I think they would have needed the flexibility financially that Aaron Rodgers' contract extension restructuring could have provided that would have made it easier to get a deal done for Devontae Adams. But there's no new deal for Aaron Rodgers. So the numbers are sitting on the books the way they are, which complicates things getting done with Devontae Adams, not to mention the fact that I don't know how enthused he would be at this time to sign an extension with Green Bay knowing that Aaron Rodgers might not be there in 2022. Mm. And so that hangs over those discussions as well. And guess what? It's not just Devontae Adams. Uh, the Packers' top five wide receivers right now, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard and Equinamia St. Brown and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, their top five wide receivers all are headed into the last year of their contract. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. And we'll see how this all shakes out, most importantly, in the next week or so. Yeah, for sure. We're talking to Adam Schefter right now, ESPN Senior NFL Insider here on KJZ. Bart Scott, Shea Cornette, filling in for the guys this morning. He's joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Okay, so, Chef D, we were talking earlier a lot about the Giants and Saquon Barkley. When Saquon was asked, basically, how's he feeling? Will he be ready to go for training camp or even week one against Denver? He just says, we'll see. That's all there is. What can you tell us about where the Giants are with Saquon? My understanding is he's coming along well, but again, it's July 20th. It's not September 20th. Mm -hmm. So he's got, you know, six weeks or so to still get ready. And they're not going to push this during training camp. And I don't think if and when Saquon Barkley is ready for the Denver Broncos in the regular season opener, that you're going to see 28 carries at that time for Saquon Barkley. I think they're going to ramp him back up. They're going to be very careful with Saquon Barkley, as they should be. And we'll see how that knee responds here this summer. He doesn't know how it's going to respond. So I think there's some natural trepidation on his part. I think he's coming along. I think they think he's coming along. But there's still a long ways to go. And you still want to make sure that you're extra careful with a player as good and talented and valuable as Saquon Barkley. You know, Adam, America's team is on hard knocks again. <laughs> what are some of the, um, you know, the, the, the backstories that we're looking forward to or you're looking forward to um, you know, this season from the Cowboys? Well, Bart, you know, the great part about that is is that show always does a tremendous job finding out some story about some undrafted free agent's family or, you know, the odds he's overcome to get to that spot. And they'll find the right thing. I always like it when they find somebody that's a little smaller rather than a bit more mainstream. And so that to me is always interesting, not to mention the fact that we'll get to see supposedly the great shape that Ezekiel Elliott's in and Dak Prescott coming back from his injury and how high-powered this offense can be and the defense whether it can respond to the new defensive coordinator Dan Quinn there's all those storylines and frankly I could watch Jerry Jones all day watch and listen (laughs) to him all day so 
just let the cameras roll and let's just see what happens here. Lastly, really quick, Shefty, before we let you go here, we were talking about this on the college side, but I'm interested on the NFL side as well. Um, I know teams are trying to reach that 85% vaccination threshold, but if they don't or, or if there is an outbreak with the team during the season, what are you hearing in terms of regulations or protocols that they're going to take? Well, I think it'll be similar to last year, and you're hearing about how vaccinated players will not be tested as frequently as the unvaccinated players who are going to have to go through many of the same measures that they did last year. And so, again, in some ways, you'd be back to the way things operated last year, especially for the unvaccinated players. But, again, this is still all unfolding now. All right, Shefty, thanks so much for the time. By the way, the latest Adam Schefter podcast, Adam sits down with Tom Brady's personal trader, Alex Guerrero. We can't wait for it. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right, we had our own NFL expansion draft here on KJZ earlier in the show. We're going to hear who won it. Let's say you, the people. Come on, now. Uh, Yeah, me, Bart, or Mike Tannenbaum. We'll let you decide. The answer's next. This is KJZ on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Individually, every big athlete usually has big goals. Super Bowl championship and Super Bowl MVP. What can you possibly do to top this? Win another one. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Road training camp because it begins on Thursday for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys. Good morning. Welcome in. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. My name is Shay Cornette. He is Bart Scott. Uh, neither of us are three of those dudes, but they will be back, I'm sure, very soon. Um, but we are getting excited for training camp. What are you about to say? Shake and bake! <laughs> That's what we're calling ourselves. We got SMB going on instead of KJZ, you know, whatever. Um, so before we get into what is coming up in terms of real life NFL situations, yeah. we made up kind of our own. So stay with me here. The NHL expansion draft is on Thursday night. And, and the way the NHL expansion draft goes is there's rules implemented here. And the rules state essentially you can take a player from a team, but then you can't take another player from that same team. And so we did this draft and we did it with NFL players. And it was Bart, myself, and Mike Tannenbaum that did it. And we had to take at least one quarterback and at least one defensive player. We could not at, take at least one, at not least two. One. I did my two was optional, right? Two was optional. Okay, just, just, just I ha- anyways, and so we did a snake draft, and we compiled it of only five players, and this is not a fantasy draft, so I want to point that out. So this is not 
a situation where, you know, you want to pick the guy who necessarily puts up the most points, which is why it's okay if you take two defensive players. Let me just remind everyone. (laughs) This is a situation where we want our team, our players, to beat the opponent's team and the players that they've selected. So hopefully you stayed with me throughout all of that. And so, given that information, I am going to read to you who each one of us took. And hopefully my producer is going to help me because I forget who each one of us took. My team. Oh, what's up on the team? No, we got it. My team. I had quarterback Patrick Mahomes, running back Derrick Henry, defensive tackle Aaron Donald, linebacker Roquan Smith, and tight end George Kittle. So of I took Chiefs, Titans, Rams, Bears, Niners. You had the first no overall one, pick, too. First I had the first pick. overall pick. Calm down. It was a snake draft, so it's not like you didn't get yours. So no one could take anyone <laughs> from any of those teams. Shall we see Mike Tannenbaum's team? Please. Let's see who he took. Quarterback Dak Prescott, okay, uh, for the Cowboys. Um, defensive lineman Chase Young. Odell Beckham Jr., Evan Ingram, and Josh Jacobs. Josh okay, so quarterback, D-lineman, receiver, tight end, running back. Bart, quarterback, whoa, whoa. Josh Allen of the Bills, DeAndre Hopkins of the Cardinals, Christian McCaffrey, Panthers, TJ Watt, Steelers, Hunter, Henry, Patriots, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, linebacker, tight end. And so those are the three draft. Those are the three teams. And again, we have to beat each other. At Tannenbaum went with dudes that were all coming off injury. I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> Josh Jacobs, like, he, he he should lose just for that. As, Why? As I like Josh Ziegler, Jacobs. The former major league so, pitcher tweeted at us. Oh, okay. uh, Mike Tannenbaum was tweeting uh, was was drafting thirty second in a three team draft. Okay, <laughs> thank you for that. Thirty second in a three team draft. That's true. Um, we got some calls on this on who people believe that that won the draft, and I'm hoping someone actually pines out for me. Joseph's in Louisiana. Joseph, let's hear it. Who do you think won the draft? Our own version of the expansion draft. Joseph, are you there? Joseph's chilling. Joseph! Nah, no, Joseph. Killing me, Petey. Let's go to Ezreal in Fairfax, Virginia. I hope I'm saying your name right. Uh, yes, uh, I, I believe that uh, you, your, your lineup was the best lineup. Let's go! Really? She My had the first lineup. overall pick. You can't give her credit Let's for Let's go! She had the first overall pick. Why and, can't you give me credit? Well, who would you take with the first overall and, pick? I, and I told her about George. She stole George Kittle from me because I thought it was my turn. Wah, wah, wah. I'm a baby. Okay? Ain't nobody beating that squad I got. Oh, please. Nobody. Oh, please. Don and Dallas. Go ahead. What you got? Uh, good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, Shane, Shane, I'm sorry. Uh, you came in third only because you didn't have a receiver. And Thank Mike Tannenbaum, he is coming off of in- playing players off of injury, but Christian McCaffrey and the other guys, I'm, I'm sorry. Bart got to number one. He has the complete team. I'm just surprised nobody took a cornerback. That's all. Yeah, that, yeah, that was tough. But, you know, pass rushers kind of get more because cornerbacks can shut down a field. But the productivity that these pass rushers go, especially when you have a great, um, you know, quarterback, you got to have a great pass rusher. Oh, Aaron Donald's a good pass rusher. Yeah, inside, but he's never going to get more sacks. You know, well, he can. He's capable. Yeah. But you think about T.J. Watt and that outside pass um, rush. T.J. Watt, different. who's right? Listen, sleeping, people are sleeping on Hunter Henry, right? Because in that system, he doesn't have to block. He's going to be a receiving tight end. He's going to do work. He's not going to do as much work as my tight end is, which is George He's going to be in line blocking. And I might not yeah, have had a receiver, but, <laughs> but I at least have a catching tight end. You got to send your tight you got, you got to send your tight end out every time. So that means he can't do what he does best, and that's block. Oh, that's weird. I got to send my tight out every time. I also send my two defensive players out every time to take care of your five, four offensive players. Our linebackers aren't um, valued anymore in this league. It's true. 
They're inside, not. Inside backers. Is not, you know, we don't have the Keekleys, the Ray Lewises, the Navarro Bowmans, the Zach Thomas, the Erlackers. You know, it's just not as much value because the game is played in third, you know, in third down so much. Okay, but you as a former defensive player, if anyone should have been more focused on the defensive side of the ball. And me, growing up in Chicago, like, come on, defense wins nah, championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love, that's why I laugh. I chuckle every time I hear the, this, uh, the uh, Mike Singletary, I like this type of party. Because I used to grow up loving Mike Singletary and the intensity in his eyes. And I was like, man, this guy's eyes is crazy, man. It's a, like the gateway to a soul. And then he became my coach, and I realized it was because he was blind as a damn bat. Like, man, he took his glasses. I'm like, man, put them things back on, man. Put them Coke bottles back on. Robert's in Madison with an opinion on our expansion draft, and I really hope Robert and Madison – oh, he dropped? He's not there no more. I, Killing me, That's Petey. two out of the five. What the heck? Um, I will say, though, now we have one win for me, one win for you, and one win for Tannenbaum. Am I, Tannenbaum am I, doesn't have one. I thought he's bringing up the weird. They, they had no. empathy for him. They, they, that's what they that was. Like, They're like, what is he doing? Is like, it's just not good? But you knew out of the gates. How did you know he was going to draft Dak Prescott? Literally before we actually yeah. did this draft, Bart said to me, "Watch Tannenbaum take with the first pick, Dak Prescott." Yeah. I mean, all oh, the quarterback. Yeah, he's he's pushing the narrative, right? Yeah, you know, because, and I knew that you know when, once you took Aaron Donald, I knew it was going to be tough for me because you know I'm 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 hitching my wagon this year to Matthew Stafford. But yeah, I had to go with the consistent, you know, quarterback in Josh Allen. You know, throwing for over four thousand yards last year. I think he only gets better, and also his ability to be a dual threat. I think he's one of the best of the dual threat quarterbacks. You know, because he can throw better than Lamar Jackson, and he's capable of giving you yeah, great. He's not productive. as quick as Lamar. Yeah, Jackson. but but he get, but he get, but he's like Colin Kaepernick when he gets out in open space. He's hard to bring down at six five. He just has to hold on to the rock a little bit when he tries to lower his shoulder. Buffalo Bills, to me, are kind of like almost like the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA. Yes. Like, they're quietly good, and no one really talks yes. about them because they're not, like, flashy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they just kind of go about their business. They're a legitimate threat. They're, they're, a, le- they're a legitimate threat. And, like, the threat. Spurs, up, up until, like, this year, last, like, they're always kind of in the mix. They do yeah. have stars, but not, like, flashy, yeah. outspoken stars. Yep. You know what I mean? They're, they're well coached. You know, and they're one deep. Colts are kind of like – the Colts are right like yes. that, too. Yep. You but, know? But we believe it a little bit more because we've seen it more on a consistent basis. The biggest – threat I believe in the AFC to the throne is not Cleveland to me I think it's I think it is the much improved defense of the Buffalo Bills because we I believe in that quarterback mm-hmm. better like all things being equal people can say oh Cleveland has the best roster in the league but what makes them fail is they don't have the best position or a guy in the top 10 at the most important position we can argue that Josh Allen is a top 10 quarterback and arguably could push for top five this year mm. It'll be interesting. Uh, really quick, Birdman in New Orleans. Got to be quick here, buddy. Who do you think won the draft? Who won the draft? Bart won the draft. Birdman, Birdman. Because he has, listen, listen. Oh, oh. <laughs> Look, Bart has the best receiver in the league. He has the best running back in the league. He got T.J. Watt, the best defender on defense at DN. Right. And Josh Allen could easily be top two, top three quarterback. Over Believe Patrick not, Mahomes, Birdman, get out of here. Listen, I know, I know we're supposed to go to break, but Birdman, you get bonus time. I'm just playing. I'm not the producer. I can't, I can't, I can't authorize that, brother. But I appreciate <laughs> you your call. You give an extra encore, okay? If you're not running the stage show, that's not how this works. Birdman, All right, Birdman. another player coming off injury who Put somehow Mike Tannenbaum did not draft. We'll tell you who that is next. This is KJZ on ESPN Radio.